Welcome this beautiful day to the 17th episode of Grits in the Gospel. I can hardly believe it. We are currently at um, the Sunday called the Reign of Christ service. It is um, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And so you will hear in my sermon a lot of talk about giving thanks and Thanksgiving, um, even though this is not going to be put out until much further after that, is always a good reminder to be thankful, no matter the date and no matter the week. So I hope that you are blessed by this sermon just as much as I was blessed by its writing and um, and research (laughs) with my friends. So um, let us come together in a posture of worship on this reign of Christ service. The Lord be with you and also with you. The psalm today is Psalm 95 verses 1 through the first portion of verse 7. Hear now the words of the psalmist. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is great and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it in the dry land which his hands have formed. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us now say together with a thankful heart the words of the Apostles' Creed. Friends, what do we believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray together. Dear Lord, in this season of Thanksgiving, we remember that we should give thanks to you and give to others. We remember and are thankful for the gift that you gave us in your Son and for the sacrifice that he made for us so that we may have eternal life. 
Hear us now as we pray together those words that he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The gospel lesson today is a continuation of the 25th chapter of Matthew. As we come together today, we'll be hearing the last section of that chapter. Hear now the gospel words according to Matthew. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you are the blessed by my you are blessed by my father, and here at the kingdom prepared for you. For you from the fountain, foundation of the form, the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it when we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer him, truly, I tell you, just as you did it, to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I, will hung, I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not give me clothing sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous into eternal life. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'm having a hard time believing that we are at the end of another liturgical year. Next week, we will deck the halls with trees and garland. But before we do that, on this Sunday after Thanksgiving, I thought we could all use a reminder, myself included, of the things we are thankful for. 
and also a reminder of the mission we have as the church. Out of our thanks should come the want to help others. Out of our thanks should be a need to help others. The words of verses 40 and 45 of today's scripture ring loudly in my ears. Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. It makes me think of my friends, the Crutchfields. I have known Christine and her twin sister Caroline since high school. Their father was a minister at Peachtree Christian Church in Atlanta, and we went to Camp Christian together. Their maiden name was Money, so we lovingly referred to them as the Money Girls. The first time I ever met these two sisters was actually down at the Methodist um, encampment at Epworth. (laughs) And I'm so thankful that we are still friends today. I am thankful that Caroline and Christine and I have had a chance to spend so much time together while I'm in school. And I'm thankful that I get to watch their children grow up and go off to college. But I'm especially thankful that I get the witness to witness the call of Christine and her family to foster the least of these. I asked Christine and her husband Bob why they choose to foster. It's not an easy road to be on. One thing he said stood out to me. They were meeting other foster parents and they asked one of them how he does it all. The Crutchfields have three children of their own, but so did his family. And Bob said he shrugged his shoulders and said, you just set another place at the table. This sentence became their mantra. It was convicting and it was hopeful. Since I've moved closer to them, they have had four foster children in their care in some capacity. They have opened their home and their heart to these children to provide exactly what these verses tell us we should do. Food and drink are given to those children who are in danger of not having any. But it's more than those basic needs. Safety from a home where there was none. Welcoming to a loving family where theirs was lacking. It's that safety and love that helps these babies thrive. I have watched from afar and been a small witness to transformations that can only be described as miraculous. Light returning to the eyes of a child. Growth and milestones reached because they were taught and encouraged. Confidence gained because they, even as small babies, learned what it was like to feel safe. It is a gift that they give these children to show them love and care. But as with most things in life, it is the people that give that often receive the most. And it's not just limited to Christine and Bob. Their children have learned what it means to take care of the least of these. Their oldest daughter, Ansley, is going off to college, and her essay told the story of her part in the fostering journey and how she wants to be a special education teacher because she's seen what it is like to work with these special needs foster babies. 
This is exactly what one of the reasons they started doing this in the first place. Bob and Christine wanted to raise children that would engage in the world around them in positive ways and positively impact lives. As parents, they also had to look each other in the eye and keep each other honest about how they model that for their own kids. Before starting the foster journey, they felt like maybe they weren't doing enough. It has clearly done exactly what they would hope for. And it's even further reaching than just the Crutchfield house. Caroline and her family, the Grants, also help care for these babies when Christine needs a helping hand, as well as their mother, Sarah. Caroline and her children love on these babies and have been affected by them just as much as Christine and her family. When I first became aware that the Crutchfields were foster parents, they had a special needs placement named Serenity. Serenity was a loving and beautiful, nonverbal autistic child that stole every one of their hearts. And mine too. I would get pictures and videos of this precious angel shrieking with joy and happiness at all of the wonderful adventures she had with the Crutchfields and with the Grants. All of the cousins loved Serenity so much that they got together without their parents prompting and formulated a plan. The hope was that Serenity would become part of the family permanently. When they grew up and their parents were too old to continue to care for Serenity, they came up with a rotation of care. They would all take turns having her live with them and have a safe and loving environment to live out her days. These are teenagers and preteens. While it was not in God's plan for Serenity to stay with them forever, the lesson of caring for the least of these was firmly in place. You see, the bigger lesson is not that we care for the least of these. What Jesus knew is that doing so would create this ripple effect, this widening of the kingdom. One child, that one precious child, blessed a family of 12 profoundly, but it did not stop there. Caring for the least of these is an example to so many more. It has created this bigger opportunity to share their story and the love of God to countless numbers of people, including me. In a very small way, I have been a part of that journey. I have, in a much bigger way, been affected by it. I have been spit up on with reckless abandon. I have been cooed at. I have been cried on. I have been slept on. I have been laughed at. All by the least of these. All making a profound mark of love on my own heart. As we go through this holiday season, let us challenge ourselves to stay focused on taking care of others. Let us remember that when we clothe and feed and give drink to those at the margins, we are also blessed. We don't have to have a foster child to make that happen. We can find our own way to meet the needs of the least of these. 
This family and these children are just one example of taking care of God's children. In big ways and in small, this congregation takes care of families and children that need help. Our mission projects are focused on families and children in many different ways. It doesn't have to be children we care for either. I have a friend who fosters in a different way. Her dog breed of choice is a Weimaraner. They are high-strung gray beauties that are not for everyone. Many get abandoned and thrown away. Mandy fosters those medically frail Weimaraners that are found all over the Southeast. These beautiful creatures have been found at waffle houses and Amazon warehouses or dumped on the side of the road. They come with medical issues and protruding ribs. She nurses them back to health and gives them what we lovingly call manners lessons. They are then able to be adopted by loving homes. She has a calling, just like the Crutchfields have a calling. As a church and as individuals, we have to think, who that is the least of these are we to care for? Where are we to see a need that God needs filled? Who around us needs food and drink? Who around us needs care and security? We will get more than we give. We will be blessed more than we bless. We will receive more love than we give. All because we care for the least of these. Because the miracle of thanksgiving is not the thanks, but the giving. The multiplying and ripples of love caused by one act of caring. The Crutchfields have a new foster baby these days. Her story is one of the most heartbreaking I have ever heard. She may have been fed and given drink, but she was anything but safe. She has severe attachment issues that are completely understandable. She latches on to Christine because she feels safe with her. But she's slowly learning that she can be safe with others too. That not everyone is going to do to her what others have done. The only way I could get her to be happy with me was when I had my tiara on at Halloween, and even that was fleeting. I've never had a baby not love me. All babies love me, right? (laughs) But I am not the least of these. I am the one called to care for the least of these. So I will love her despite her not loving me. (laughs) It is what I'm called to do. It is what we are all called to do. With enough time and love from the Crutchfields, she will learn to see that even though she is the least of these, she is not loved least of all. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. I think Bob and Christine had the best take on the scripture in light of their call to foster. They said this. It's a pretty convicting verse, and I'm sure Jesus meant it to be. He calls us to be people of action, even when there is great personal risk. I think being a foster family is an example of trying to live out that calling. 
a call to action even at great personal risk. We have to thank, think on this week of thanks, and as we come together at the communion table, that we were given the gift of the greatest personal risk of all, that we, for Jesus, are the least of these. We, for Jesus, are the ones that need to be clothed and fed and given drink. And he continues to do just that with the gifts of bread and wine. And since he did that for us, we should do that for others. Amen. As we finish this week of Thanksgiving and move into the season of Advent, let us all be reminded of the thanks we should give and the gifts we should give. And when we receive gifts, that the one that the only one that really matters was the gift that Jesus gave us on the cross. Because in life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen.